Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time that may be, wherever you are. My name is Craig Hagan, and you're listening to Raymond's Weekly Podcast. I'm here with Tony McKinnon. We call him T-Mac. I guess we're recording this program on July the 8th. July the 8th. Just have a good... My baby brother's birthday. Your baby brother's birthday. Yep. Is he in Georgia still? He's in Georgia. In Savannah right now, man. Does, does he know how to vote and count votes? He knows how to vote and count votes, yeah. Okay. So yeah. make sure. <laughs> anyway, how was your weekend? Mine was good. I laid yeah. low. Yeah, I laid low. I guess it's been half the week. <laughs> you know, the 4th of July weekend. Yeah. Then I carried it on and went to Oklahoma City for a few we days. We had a good service at church. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome July 4th service. Yeah. yeah. Or we should call it Independence Day. Independence Day. Independence Day. No service. aliens involved. Just independent from Great Britain. Yeah, if you don't catch that, you have to watch the watch movie. Watch the movie. <laughs> <Independence> <laughs> and the sequel. Yeah. Anyway, we love to hear from you. If you want to um, send us an email, our email is podcast at rhema.org. That's R H E M A. Or you can like us on Facebook and Instagram. And, um, you know, just let us know how much you like the program, how much you don't like the program. And, um, don't tell us you want to hear a, a lady on the program because we have a lady. We today. brought one in today. We brought one in today. Yeah. Our, our number one complaint is we need more women on your program, right. you know, because we're not women. So some of you male guests just need to identify. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> anyway, today's guest is um, Karen Jensen Salisbury. Um, she's joining us on the program. How are you doing, Karen? I am great and happy to rep. For women, <laughs> I didn't know that. That yeah, that was yeah, a you're thing. the you're yeah. the new poster child. Okay, no yeah. pressure. Yeah, that was one of the one of the reasons I said we need to find more yeah. women. So yeah. I told Tony, you know, and we we sought you out because you're not always in town. It's um, true. You know. So anyway, Karen, um, you know, you're not you haven't didn't graduate from Rainbow Bible Training College, but you've been closely associated with us and was a teacher here for a short time. So how'd that all happen? Well, way back when my first husband went to Rama in the 80s, way back when, uh, and um, so I came, we, we moved down here from Oregon, and uh, my kids were both born here. I worked for the ministry at the time. I wrote the books and all that kind of stuff while he was going to Rama. And then off we went, and we started a couple churches, and we were pastoring in Boise, Idaho in 1997, and he died. He just went to heaven on New Year's Day, just went to bed, not sick or anything, and uh, woke up in heaven. Pretty sure he was surprised when he got there, but yeah. <laughs> uh, didn't want to come back. And so uh, I took over the church. And so because of that, I got RMAI credentials. And that made me look like I graduated from Rama. You know? Yeah, I actually always thought you did until the yeah. program started. And uh, most people think that, yeah. And so, uh, you know, just because from starting from the 80s on, I just identified with Rama. Obviously, I wrote Brother Hagen's books and Pastor Hagen's books and learned everything I know from Rama, So we've yeah. just been closely associated with it ever since. And first, for those of you who don't know how we write books here. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm sorry. Yeah. I shouldn't say it that way. No, no, yeah. <laughs> what, what, what we do is they take all our services that, that we preach. Audio. Audio. Transcribe. You know, transcribe it. We put it together. Then we have people who edit it. Make us sound a little more yeah, intelligent. You, you, can't, you can't write yeah. like you talk. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Yes, because there's many times like I didn't say it that way, but you know they make us sound smart, <laughs> and, and, um, you know, and edit our books, and you know that's how we that's how we do books. And so, so obviously, so you did that. So you worked at the ministry. So obviously, you were very closely associated with the ministry while your husband was going to Rama. Now, were, did you grow up in, a, in a, were you a Christian all your life, or how, how was your 
What's no, your background? I like to say I grew up in the Church of the Chosen Frozen. You know, I was mostly, when I grew up, mostly, you know, Methodist, Presbyterian, and, you know, uh, kind of you went to church when you weren't doing anything else. And yeah. and there wasn't really anything to unlearn about the gospel or anything. Because you didn't know anything. There wasn't anything <laughs> preached where I went. So, you know, so it was when I when I first started reading Brother Hagen's books and things like that really back in the late 70s and early 80s is when I actually even probably got born again. And so that's pretty much all I've known. So so were you married at the time or, or did you bring your... You know, I, it, I, no, I wasn't married yet. I mean, we no. got married and moved down here like instantly. And oh, so, wow. but in, in our family, you know, in my husband's family, it was his family that brought me to the Lord. Oh, and awesome. so that's kind of the group we were hanging out with at the time. Well, that's... That's awesome. Not, not that your husband's in, in heaven, which is awesome to go oh, to heaven. It's awesome yeah. for him. Yeah, awesome for him. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, so you guys went and you pastored a church and then you became RMAI. And then how did it work out that you came back to be a teacher here at Rama? Um, well, I was in Boise pastoring our church, you know, by myself after my husband passed away. And how, my, how long did you pastor? Uh, about four and a half years. Okay. And then my oldest son was going to graduate from high school. And the Lord started kind of just putting on my heart, move back to Tulsa. Well, I had already lived in Tulsa twice, once when we went to Rama, and once when we traveled in, in the traveling ministry out of here before we started our second church. And, um, you know, I'm like, Lord, have you ever been to Tulsa? Really? I've already <laughs> lived there twice. But, you know, when it's God, it just doesn't go away, you know. So uh, he just kept dealing with me about it. And so I ended up getting a job as a writer at ORU, and my son went to ORU, and my second son went to ORU. Which was such a God thing. If you in those days, if you worked there, you got tuition benefits and you could put your kids through college for free. So here I was, you know, a, a, a widow putting two kids through private university for free, basically, which is such a God thing. And then one day I got a call. I was going to Rama Church at yeah. the time and teaching at uh, the night school. Uh, ribs. Ribs. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which is kind of basically a Rama School of Biblical Studies we have now. We just kind of did it at night. We at call, night, we right. Call it ribs, yeah. For church members and anybody who wanted to come. Yes. Yeah. And then one day I got a call from your mom that just said, hey, we have an opening in the alumni office. And I think at the time they had never had a woman um, minister in the alumni office. And that was part of the idea was maybe, again, to try to get a little woman repping, mm -hmm. you know. <laughs> so you're, you're, you're used to being a poster child. <laughs> I'm guest, man. No pressure, right? <laughs> So I said yes, and and so I taught at Rama for nine years, which was such a blessing. And you you uh, you had the office that I now occupy. Yes, Tony is the new me. I'm the new I'm the new Karen. For at least a year, I was the new Karen. <laughs> <laughs> you went to the office to see me, and there he was. Yeah, there he was. No lipstick, you know, no nothing. No, <laughs> so that's kind of unique. You guys occupy the same office. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's been a string of people over the last forty five, forty seven years that yeah. had that office. Yeah, for yep. sure. Bunch of famous folk. Yep. Now, you know, one time my dad had, I don't know if it was that office, or whenever they, when they were remodeling his office, uh -huh. he moved there for a Camped short time. Camped over there for a while. Cool. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's the exact office. I think actually you and Joe's office was together, and he had took both well, of them. Well, there was a point in time in the early years where that the office, Karen, that you and I've had, I have now, it was a photography studio. Really? And Phil Anglin had a photography studio. I don't know what years that would have been, but it wasn't a, at one time it wasn't an office. Huh. Yeah. yeah, well, because I remember, I, I guess it's Joe's office has a window, right? Yeah, Joe right. has the window. Yeah, so because it was that was part of that. Because I remember sitting in Dad's office, and it if and it was hundred and something degrees outside, and it was 
kind of sweltering yeah. with that window yeah. sitting there. Yeah, David Beebe had that office at one time where Joe is. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought he was in the one where Doug. Cause well, he probably moved down the hall. when He was kind of mirroring but, each other. Um, when I was in school, he had the one where Joe is. Huh. Yes, and for some of you guys that have no clue what we're talking about, STC2, yeah. which is Student Development Center. South side of the building. Yeah. Between the men's and women's restaurants. And we have <laughs> the uh, – <laughs> it is. Literally. It, it really yeah. is. We yeah. have the, the alumni and RMEI department, which is you know has multiple offices there yep. and have multiple people have office there over the years. Now, whenever you were a teacher um, and worked for RMEI, you also did the Connections magazine yeah. for us, yes. And I'm sure a lot of people still miss that magazine. <laughs> well, I like a, to think a few so. Do. There's a handful. I hope now, so. I, I want to interject the question since he brought that. You have a writing background that predates. You, you're like a sports writer. Yeah, in college, I was a sports writer on the daily newspaper. Yeah, okay. worked my way through college. So on you've the had newspaper. a writing background that goes way back. Yeah, and then I graduated from college and became a television news writer. I've written for radio, okay, magazine. Yeah, so yeah, been a writer most of my life. That is your mojo. Yeah. Yeah. Right up my alley. Yeah. It's not my mojo. Not mine either. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we had to employ Karen's help to do connections until we buried it. Yeah, until being far away was just too hard. Yeah. I, I actually had a, a counselor when I go to Oklahoma State University said, We looked over your transcript, and if you'll just take one more class, um, you can get an English minor. I mean, it's just three more hours. All you need, three more hours, because I have, because I went to ORU first and some of the things didn't transfer or whatever, like, I'm like, I'm not going to be an English minor. I mean, have you ever? <laughs> Listen to me. <laughs> You've never spoken with me, have you? I said, because I'm like, one more class? I don't want to take one more class. I just want to graduate. Yeah. So uh. I have a degree in accounting with not, a, with not an English minor. Not. Because, you know, I didn't want to take one more class. So that was interesting thing. But if you heard me speak English, you'll understand why I thought that would be, you know, that would actually be derogatory toward an English language <laughs> to give me an English minor uh -huh. because I don't speak good English. So well, anyway. at least you don't have a South American accent. And, and, and I don't have a writing background. You know, that's yeah. that's why they have to edit my stuff. To make Thank it, God for editors. To right? make it sound. I'm like, I was reading the Word of Faith one time. And I'm, I'm reading an article. I'm like. Man, I remember preaching this, but I don't remember this sounding this eloquent. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, like, I'm like, they're going to make me sound smart here. So, anyway. <laughs> so obviously, you did the Connection Magazine for a number of years. We had that going on. Tony just couldn't continue for whatever reason. Um, he made a good effort at it, though, man. Effort. For a guy without writing background, he really, he did. Yeah, and I didn't really have a lot of support, so <laughs> our, 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 uh, our boss killed it. That's a whole other story yeah, that people wouldn't story. be interested in. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm sure people are going to call us or write us now, and they're saying, we like the Connections magazine. <laughs> now, the only bad, you know, the thing is we have to realize we live in a different world. And so the magazine, you know, magazines now, I mean, you put out, these things happened like two months ago or whatever. People mm, want right. to know immediate. Yeah. You know, with the Internet, I mean, things have really changed a lot. I mean, when something happens, we have a meeting. They want to know immediately what happened. They don't want to read about it two months ago. Now, some of the teaching articles or whatever, that's okay to be two months late because, you know, it's always on time no matter. Well, this, this month's Raymond News article on the email is an article I did for Connections about five or six years ago. Yeah, but we tried to make Connections into kind of a thing that you could keep a hold of as a resource. Mm -hmm. More than timely news, we changed it into a 
here's news about how to do this, and here's news about things that apply to church world and things. Except the death notices. People they were interested. In that. I, and that's really where everybody started, at the, back, at the back, to see who died. Well, but the other side, though, was always you know updates on what this person's doing or that person. Yeah, doing. there was that, always that, the that spread, would, where you know, are you now? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, where are you now? I mean, I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Actually, um, that was um, um, an idea I got. I can't remember if it was from ORU or OSU. Because I, I got alumni stuff from both of them, and they had something similar on the back of their magazine. Yeah. And in, in fact, I think OSU's magazine was called Connections as well. I brought oh. I brought them both in at one point in time, suggesting that we might, you know, I didn't bring them to the alumni part, but brought them to mom and dad, you know, suggesting maybe something like that would be kind of cool to find out. Because it was formerly the New Breed. Yeah. I remember the New right. Breed. Yeah. Yeah, that was um, you know, the f- former, you know, but. Now it's nothing. Now it's DOA. <laughs> yeah. And do you, do you know one of my things that I, I get all the time that I want to know why we don't do something like, like online? I'm like, it's Tony's fault anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's blame me. Yeah, no, I blame you for a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so you taught at Raymond for how many years? Nine. Nine years. And um, my my wife had the privilege to have your class. She did not graduate. I think she went to first year twice. Um, <laughs> Bless her heart. She made an effort, though, man. She yeah. just was so busy. Gosh, yeah. I she felt real, bad for well, her. Well, back during that time, we were having all kinds of IT issues and all kinds of stuff. And so she, she's a first semester, or first term, first year Ramus student, I think, twice. <laughs> she, Karen's class was her favorite one. So, you know, Thanks, Mia. So, anyway, she does vow someday to finish Ramus. <laughs> <laughs> she might just make it. Yeah, but. We shouldn't make fun of her on the thing, but we we talk about it. she goes. Yeah, I'm a You'll professional. For it. Professional. She doesn't listen to the podcast anyway. <laughs> I'm gonna send her a message. No, she does. She should listen to. In fact, you know, the funny part about it is I know she doesn't listen because she's like, "Now, how do you get a hold of your podcast again?" I said, "Don't worry about it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. good. Yeah. So, what classes did you teach? I mean, you know, I taught Randy. Blood Covenant yeah. and um, Pastoral Care, which I do. You teach that now? I do. Yeah. And um, I also then, once uh, Cooper retired, I taught Old Testament survey. I taught a third-year pastor's class, um, taught a little bit in the mission school. I can't really even now remember all the classes that I... Oh, a helps class, Biblical Perspectives of Supportive Ministries. Anyway, it was a blessing. So going back to your pastoral days, now... um how different was it pastoring with your husband and the pastor on your own? I mean, that, that's some people always ask me about a woman pastor and those kind of things. I mean, yeah, yeah, it was hugely different. And what I didn't know until he died was the buck had been stopping somewhere. Yeah, because I thought we were pastoring together, we're equal. You know, you know what? Yeah. Wrong. He had been shouldering the pastoral duties, you know, and I was just cru- cruising along, kind of under that covering, not really understanding that, you know. And so nowadays, I, I always say when I get to heaven, I'm going to punch him for leaving me behind early. But then I'm going to apologize for kind of being bratty because I didn't really get it, you know. But then uh, when I became a pastor, of course, I had to do that overnight. And I just, the, the grace of God just, I always say it's like God backed up a dump truck and dumped this load of grace on me that I felt different. I actually felt like a different person from one day to the next because I had to have this extra something to be able to do this job by myself. And I guess that's where you go to the scripture, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yes, you know? exactly. You know, cause I'm assuming that there was a lot of, I mean, it was way different 
And, um, you know, I, I, this is kind of me wondering, not necessarily biblical or whatever. I mean, I was just wondering how some of the men in the church responded, you know. Yeah, um, you know, and that's true. They need a strong male leader, too. Yeah. I made one of the things I made sure we had was a strong men's ministry and yeah. kind of put them up front a lot and let them know there was manly things going on here, even though that short blonde lady was the pastor, you know. Because, yeah, men need a strong leader, and you want to have a men in your church. I mean, you don't want to have a church full of women, that's for sure. Yeah, because I know there's, there's, there are some you know, good lady pastors, and, but if you go to their church a lot of times, it's a lot of lady, you know, lady ushers, lady this, like, you know, and it's not necessarily that they don't want men, but a lot of times, you know, it's, it's, it's harder right. for, for men. I, I know that there was um, an individual that um, told me, and, and they got, while they were going to Ramah, they had an issue with women ministers. Um, and so they um, really had an issue with exaltation because my mom pretty much ran exaltation most of the time. Yeah. And it said it, it took them almost all the way through first year before they were able actually to receive from my mom. Mm. Now, now they happen to be um, more Middle Eastern background too. So, I mean, that was another right. you know, cult, cultural thing. Right. You know, but, and he said, Craig, it was a really hard thing. You know, and I really had to get over over that that and he, and he he didn't blame it on my mom he's you know he said that was an issue i had yeah. in my own life but a lot of us culture a lot of it was was stuff and so I, i've always you know wondered i mean you know that's has to be a difficult thing and it wasn't something like you were planning on doing like, no although i i'm like and like your mom i know it took her a long time to yeah. get to the point where she would stand up and lead yeah. things you know yeah. and i'm not a super big fan of it but i always tell people I never felt like I had to defend myself as a women preacher. And I know some women feel like that, but I yeah. was kind of like, you know what? If you don't like women preachers, that's why there's more than one preacher in the world. Go ahead. Bye-bye. Yeah. You know, I just have to obey God. That's all I have to yeah. do. Stand yeah. here and preach. If you don't like it, then that's fine. You know, as your dad would say, E-X-I-T. <laughs> and I think that's what we all need to have that attitude that, you know, I've told people, some people are going to like you, some people are not. That's right. Well, hopefully more people like you than they don't. But, That's right. But the fact of the matter, you're not everyone's cup of tea. I mean, so, you know, it is what it is. It's not a beauty contest and not everybody's the prom queen. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I know right now some people don't like it that I'm, that I'm a little more political than, um, you know, my grandfather or even my dad. Um, but our church is growing. So, <laughs> you know, and I have people now that are coming to church. Because of standing up. And, you know, the, the thing is, I, I believe that if I, I told someone the other day, I said, well, if the government will stay out of the church, then we'll stay out of the government. But the, <laughs> the fact of the matter is, is that we need good men and women that love God that are running for government office. If not, we're going to have a bunch of heathens that are ruling over us, you know. Yeah. And, and yeah, we're supposed to pray for them. But still, you know, I, I just think that in 2020, we found out the power of the government over the church. And it, and it really bothered me and scared me. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I decided to get more involved because, um, you know, and some people don't like that. They think that pastors should not be political. But, you know, finding out our founding fathers were pretty, you know, were, were pastors and ministers and they were political. If, if it wasn't for for them, we wouldn't have a nation today. Yeah. Right. Right. So um, so here you were, you're at Rama, um, you're taught. Then what was next in your life? Well, I got married. I, in fact, a... Uh, uh, gentleman from Minnesota and I ma managed to uh, connect, which is so funny because you think that of Tulsa is kind of the hub of our camp. And if there was, if I was going to meet anybody, I was single for 17 years 
you know, and if you're going to meet anybody, you're going to meet them in Tulsa. And lo and behold, I end up meeting somebody from Minnesota and we got married in 2014 and I moved up there. So, you know, where it's cold and you, and you keep better. So I, I love Minnesota. Go to Mac and Lynn Hammond's church up there, which is a little slice of heaven. But we also have a house down here and come down quite often and get to go home to Rama Church. So. So, well. so Minneapolis area, Brooklyn Park, I guess, is where... Is where that's the, where, yeah, that's where the church is. The church we live is. in Minnetonka. That's a little north, isn't it? No, south okay. of Brooklyn Park. So, yeah, that has to be a lot different than Oklahoma. Now, now do you spend a lot of wintertime up in Minnesota? Because that's kind of cold. Yeah, I, I mean, I go back and forth and I travel a lot. But, yeah, I mean, we're full-time up there and it is cold. But, you know, I always say to people, I have a parka, I have boots, and I have a garage door opener. So, <laughs> I, I remember we, we um did a... A Holy Ghost meeting with Brother Hagen in October there at Mac and Lynn Hammond's church. And I'm like, you know, this isn't too bad. This is pretty nice. I mean, I actually <laughs> went, it was nice enough to, I went rollerblading one day. Actually, well, someone bought me rollerblades and we went roller, rollerblading um, there. And I'm like, man, I, I, I might could live here. So I went back. To, that was October. I can't remember what year. I went back um, February. I know it was February 14th. It was, it was Valentine's Day, actually. Ah. Uh, um, some people don't, don't realize that we actually published the Word of Faith magazine up in Minnesota. So I went to take a tour of, um, of a company that we were actually, at that time, I don't think we were publishing. We or No, we, we just started, but I never took a tour. So I took a tour, you know, talking to some people. and I, So we came back in a blizzard. You know, <laughs> I'm like, remember what I said about I could live here? No. Uh, just kidding. So, and yeah. the thing is, it lasts so long. By yeah. February and March, even the Minnesotans are getting grumpy, you know, yeah. and, and, and moody about it because we can, we always have snow in April, yeah. you know, I mean, and so you don't see the ground for a long time. Wow. Yeah. No. After our winter this last year, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't do it anymore. No. no, this last year we canceled our tickets from Minnesota to come to, we didn't come to Oklahoma when you were having that crazy weather in in February. Yeah. I mean, if anyone knows my grandfather, um, you know, he taught me that every time in, in the winter, we went south for the winter. He That's goes, right. It would be like the birds. So we always did meetings in Florida and stuff in the wintertime because, you know, it's nicer in Florida than it is even Oklahoma in the wintertime. So we always kind of did that. So North in the summer, south in the winter. Yeah. Yeah. He said be as smart as the bird. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, um, even when we booked that meeting in October, he was like, well, what's, what's the weather like in October He go in Minnesota? Because he didn't want to, he didn't want to run into any kind of snow or anything like that you know yep. and unfortunately i hadn't been as smart as he is in some of my meeting bookings <laughs> i know me either so. you can't always avoid it yeah so i um, mean you, you know you, you got married you've been in traveling ministry then for a while right yeah yep i travel and preach and write books and do podcasts and <laughs> actually i have a podcast elevate the day and um we've just been doing what god says do and you uh from time to time host the road show here i do on the oasis network that's right it's a blessing yeah. awesome so what would you say to somebody listening that considering rama and maybe doesn't know what to think of the rama family what would you say i would say best family in the world seriously best bible school so well-rounded so you know, when you add up all the experience of all the teachers together, you get hundreds of years of experience, which makes us all feel very old, but yeah, it's yeah. still true. And, you know, you can just get everything you need about the first about the Bible. It's so, so grounded and so practical and so good. 
And then, too, about ministry and just anything that you need to get from God to equip you to do what he's called you to do. Rama is just the best as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, like I said, um, if you feel that you're called in the ministry or maybe you just want to learn more about the word, you know, because some people, as we interview them, when they first came to Rama, they weren't planning to be a pastor. They weren't planning to be a missionary. They were just coming to learn more about the word of God. And then while they were here, God laid upon their heart and they entered into the ministry. But if you want to learn more about the word of God, you feel you're called right now, we encourage you to go to rbtc.org, rbtc.org, and you can learn about Rainbow Bible Training College. There's some videos there. There's some information there. In fact, that stat that you just gave of however many years that we, we have ministerial experience. Um, I think the website says a thousand. Yeah, over a thousand oh. years. You know, and that's just including, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> you know, it does make it's just me and Craig. <laughs> Actually, it is because I, I I figured it out this year, which I didn't, that I'm 30 years in the ministry. You know, I'm thinking, man, now, now I'm getting old. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, rbtc.org, just give us your information. Um, give us your email, your, your phone number. We're going to have one of our student ambassadors give you a call and maybe try to set up a tour for you to come to, to visit us here at Rama and learn, learn more about Rama Bible Training College. And it, it'll be the best two years of your life. I mean, I, I don't know how many people, you know, they, they were like, you know, they learn so much while they're there for that, that, that two year experience. And some of them learn, learn to live by faith. Um, you know, and it was, it was interesting. They said, but if, if I wouldn't have gone, I, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. Right. And in fact, um, some people always ask, well, what about going online? I mean, you know, why can't we go to Bible school online? And, and I, I know my grandfather was always big. If you're not willing to come, you're not willing to go. And so he was always big about, you know, you need to come. You need to follow God's plan. In fact, um, um, one of our, our, we were thinking about having a school in Canada. I'm not, you know, we, we do have a Canadian French school, speaking. a French speaking Canadian school. We were thinking about, you know, talking to one pastor about putting a school, you know, there and not saying we may or may not. And then he goes, he goes, yeah, you know, I wouldn't mind that. But, you know, I don't think I'd be in the ministry today if I wouldn't have went down to Tulsa. And yeah. so, and he goes, I, I don't know how much I could really push that. And, you know, so. Right now, he didn't open a school in Canada. But, you know, it's, it is interesting because people always ask us about online. And, and, you know, I guess in the last year and a half, online schools don't seem like they're, they're training people as well as um, is actually being in class. And so that's one thing, you know, we live in a world of distractions and things. And so people always ask us, why are you not online? Well, number one, God hasn't really laid it on hearts to go online. You know, number two, we, you know, we just feel that there's something about being here on campus. There's this, there's a, a, it's a special place. And I don't, I don't know how to describe it. It is. Except for you've got to be here. Yeah. You've got to come here. And that, that's one reason that we would like to schedule a tour for people. Cause once they come here, they experience, well, they experience the anointing, you know, and it's hard to describe the anointing and, and how you experience it. And well, I mean, I tell people say, well, as soon as I walked on campus, I could feel the anointing. Right. Well, how does that work? I, I don't know. <laughs> it's just what people say. I didn't say it. They did. Well, well it's like your mom says that faith is sometimes caught more than taught. Yeah. You know, and when you're here, you can catch it. It's just everybody has it. It's in the air. You know, there's just something about attending. And I think there's something about a, you know, a group of people coming together, you know, more than just, I mean, obviously some people have had to do online church all the time and, you know, sure. it's, it's, it's not the same. It's not the same as assembling together and coming together. And I think that there's a, a social aspect people miss, you know, doing online. 
you know, I'm not, we're not knocking any schools that have online, you know, that's whatever they feel that God wants them to do. And, and we've talked about that many times and we don't know, you know, I'm not saying we'll never do it, but you know, we're you know, right now, we're just continuing on doing what God wants us to do. And, um, you know, I was talking, we were talking to, um, Patsy Caminetti, um, about a year ago, talking to him, and we were talking about marketing or something like that. Like, you know, asking, well, what made you come to Rhema? She goes, well, the Holy Ghost, you know, made me come to Rhema. So maybe we should just be praying more that the Holy Ghost laying <laughs> on people's hearts. I'm like, sounds yeah. like good marketing to me. Yeah. You know, but, you know, sometimes that we, in our own mind, try to do things in our own strength, and it's not about our strength, but about just, you know, and it's just interesting, the students today, um, how much on fire that they seem, um, you know, it's just, it's amazing. And I don't think it's another thing amazing. We don't just have 18 year olds either. I mean, there are a number of people that are, that are more in their thirties and forties and things. And there are some people that are retired um, and they come to Rama. Yeah. So, so a lot of people say, I, well, a girl asked me the other day, some, you know, been, been a friend of mine for a long time. She goes, Craig, I'm 33. You think I can st- still come to Rama? I'm like, yeah, of course. You know, of course you can come to Rama. And she said, well, you know, will I be too old? I'm like, no, you're, you know, 33 is not too old. I mean, Jesus was 33. <laughs> I guess he got crucified at 33, but <laughs> yeah. we won't go into that one. But anyway, you know, so she's trying to work it out with, you know, because she's her job and things like that. So, you know, at first her boss was really saying, oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. And now he's kind of backed off on that. But, you know, it doesn't matter how old or how young you are. I mean, Raymond's an awesome place yes. to learn more about the Word of God. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Um, Karen, we're going to bring you back to our next program. We're going to talk about more about what you're doing, talk about some of your books you, you have there. You know, obviously, you have a vast writing ability <laughs> that Tony talked about. But, um, vast. Vast. All right. Anyway, you know, here at Rama, we're bringing hope, hope help, and, and healing, healing to the world. God bless you guys. You have a wonderful day.